If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnBest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm Alexa Von Tobel, your host of The Founders Project. And this week, I'm really excited to have Adam Nathan, co-founder and CEO of Almanac, the knowledge base that combines wisdom from tech leaders with your team's own practices. Adam is an incredibly bright founder. In addition to two degrees from Duke and Harvard Business School, Adam's career spans the White House, Hawaiian Airlines, Apple, and Lyft. With Almanac, Adam is focused on rewriting the future of how we work. Let's welcome Adam. Adam, I want to quickly dive right in here. You know, I felt like, you know, even in 2019, we were thinking about how work is going to be rewritten, then COVID happens, and truly we're in the middle of, I'm going to call it, you know, the future of work resetting before our eyes. Walk us through a little bit about what Almanac is, which obviously you had a vision of this early, um, and then just tell us a little bit about how you think it plays into the future of work. Yeah, well, great to be here, Alexa. Uh, we like to think about Almanac as GitHub for Docs. Um, basically, it's a collaborative document editor with the world's biggest template gallery built right inside. Uh, imagine if every time you started a new project, you could pull the best, most relevant doc anyone had ever created in a Google Doc or a Microsoft Word Doc and start there instead of from a blank page. And that's what Almanac is today. What we're building towards over time is an end-to-end -end operating system that takes the work out of work at every point in the lifecycle that you go through around documents. I want to talk a little bit about where your aha moment really came from. Um, you had a really clear vision about how you thought we would evolve as a working society. Tell us where you kind of that kernel of the idea for Almanac, which I obviously love the name. I think Almanac is such a wonderful name for what you're building. Um, but just tell us a little bit about where the idea came from. Yeah, so I think a lot of this relates to my background. Uh, my technical background is in systems engineering. That's what I studied in undergrad. And over my career, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how people work together in complex organizations like government uh, offices, nonprofits, airlines, and of course, tech companies. And uh, after business school, I went to work in tech and realized over the years that I was spending a lot of my time doing work that really didn't feel like work. Um, it was certainly not the type of work that I was hired for and definitely not the thing that I woke up to do in the morning. Um, and much of the work that I was doing as a product manager uh, were um, basically solving problems that I knew that other people had solved before me. Sometimes I had solved them myself, uh, but definitely people in the industry had created PRDs or written tickets or devised go-to-market plans in the same ways that I was being asked to do so at, at my employers. And um, after doing this kind of repetitive work from scratch over five or six years, uh, I had drink one night um, with a friend right after I left um, my last company before Almanac and was trying to figure out what to do. And she had asked me for a go-to-market plan. Uh, and I knew that over my career, I had created like a hundred go-to-market plans, um, but all of mine were stuck in folders, probably wiped away on my hard drive um, at the previous companies I worked at. And I thought, why isn't there a place on the internet 
where myself or my friend could go to find um, a really good sample of a go-to-market plan to copy and customize into our own version. Um, GitHub is a place where engineers go to find components of code to build off of. Why don't we have something similar like that for documents? I think the way that it always really struck me was the amount of work that you know we rebuild the wheel on. So there was that book, Deep Work, that talks about you know our brain should be focused on doing actual complex thinking, not rote work where you're taking um, a thoughtful strategy um, that you can just re really refill your own thinking into or make it make sense for what you're trying to accomplish. And to your point, there should be a repository on the internet that does that. And it gives us back all of that busy work so we can actually use our brains to do the really hard work. So for me, I think, you know, at its core, Almanac was obviously tied to your views on how we can improve work and knowledge sharing. What do you think when you dive deeper? So now that people really understand uh, the concept of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to just really spread, um, I almost like to think of it as like the Wikipedia of knowledge workers across the internet. Um, what do you think the biggest pain points are in how we currently spend our time? So if you had to like really get to the core pain points, what do you think they are? Yeah. Well, you know, every day at Almanac, we see how thousands of people do work in documents. And what we've realized is that most of the work people do is repetitive. And the steps in that repetitive process are largely the same. Um, and in my own experience as a product manager, I'd spend my days doing the same types of repeat tasks, like writing PRDs or creating tickets for engineers, devising re release plans, writing user research questions. And for each of those tasks, the general process looked like first finding a version of something previous to copy then making edits to my new version, then sharing it with the team, improving it, and then basically rinse and repeating that cycle over and over again. And if you're an engineer or a designer these days, all of those steps can happen in the same platform, which is GitHub or Figma. Um, and the great thing is that when everything happens in one place, the system itself can help automatically organize versions of files and structure how your team collaborates across them because all the versions are inherently related and linked in the cloud. And the coolest thing is because those platforms are in the cloud, they can extend not just within companies, but also across them. So people can share canonical work to help others in their field. And that is the reality that engineers and designers live in today, but that is not the world you live in just yet if you work in documents. We're still using apps and systems that were designed around the constraints of the desktop um, 40 years ago. And we have separate apps because of that for storing files, for editing them, and for collaborating on them because all of those activities used to happen on separate machines. Uh, and that means that um, because all that, all the work you do in a workflow is separated across apps, people like you and me spend a lot of time every day just trying to stay organized across all those apps and all those files. Um, and because of that, how we organize and collaborate on work in docs is much more manual than it needs to be. And we likely waste a lot of time and make a ton of errors at every step in that process. Uh, and so the pain points we're addressing basically are seen across the life cycle of collaboration. First, people spend a ton of time just trying to find the right doc to start from. Um, then they waste time trying to figure out who to share it with, managing revisions and approvals, consolidating all those edits and resolving errors, and then staying organized across the versions that result. Uh, and so those are some of the problems we're solving, starting first with really helping people find a great doc to use as a good first draft or head start on a process. Given that you guys are up and running and taking off and growing rapidly, um, can you give people a sense of the types of knowledge workers that are gravitating towards the platform right now? Yeah, well, at a high level, Almanac is for anyone who works in docs, where a big part of their work is solving problems that have been solved before. Um, if your primary work product is code or design files or spreadsheets or PowerPoints, um, probably Almanac is not uh, the platform for you. But at the heart of Almanac is version control. And so Almanac 
is really great for teams that have to stay organized across lots of versions where the cost of making a mistake is very high. And so that includes today um, people ops teams and HR teams with things like offer letters, comms teams with marketing boilerplate, uh, lawyers and legal teams with contracts and compliance teams with policies. Uh, and you can see on Almanac itself, the clusters where people have submitted docs. Uh, we have over 3000 docs on our open source core and those kind of show you already where people see the use cases for the, for the platform. Wow, um, really, really well said. I wanna dig into how you think about product development. How did you get started? You know, this is a massive idea. Um, how did you think about phasing out your product roadmap to really ensure that as you know you were continuing along, you felt like you were getting the right feedback on product market fit? Yeah, where we started with product development is um, at the start of the life cycle of collaboration uh, that people go through when they're working on a document. And today, if you think about how you might collaborate on a document, it kind of happens in like separate strings. You know, people spend time drafting a new doc, improving it, sharing it with the team. Eventually, it becomes something that's really, really great that other people might go to. Um, but because those docs get lost probably in an app or a folder somewhere, no one's able to find them again or access canonical work that other people have created. And so rather than that canonical work becoming the start of a new process, uh, people just start a new string. And so collaboration just feels like a bunch of loose strings across uh, a team or organization and certainly across the industry where people can't build off each other's work. And so where we're starting with building Almanac is turning those strings into circles so that every time you go to start a new process or begin a new doc, you can build off somebody else's great work. Uh, and we hear that pain point of um, reinventing the wheel or um, having to start something from scratch that they know people have solved from literally everybody we talk to. And we've seen, I think, the response and the pretty crazy growth from, on the platform. We launched Almanac uh, eight months ago publicly, and since then we've seen about um, a doubling in usage every month since we launched uh, and an explosion of the platform across all different types of professional verticals. Um, but one thing I wanna note is that, you know, even while we're really focused on this pain point of helping people never have to start from scratch again, um, what we're building at its core is an operating system that can support um, the full life cycle of collaboration. And that includes a real-time collaborative editor, similar to Google Docs or Microsoft Word, um, a navigation system for all your versions and files and collaboration features around them. And over the next couple of years, we'll basically move along that life cycle to help people better automate and organize their work. Uh, we've already built group-based sharing, and soon you'll see better workflows for getting revisions and approvals and documents, comparing versions and merging them together, staying organized across your team so that you can focus on the work that really matters, uh, the work that you probably got up in the morning to do. I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, one of Almanac's biggest value props is obviously bringing expertise from the smartest people online to your users. What makes a great contributor right now? Yeah, that's a great question because we love our contributors. Uh, <laughs> if you have a document that you frequently share, that's your go-to, that you think will help other people, you can be a great contributor on Almanac and help other people uh, and in the process, start building a brand around what you know, rather than just where you worked. And one of the things we spend a lot of time on is um, working to make Almanac a great experience for contributors. And we see that in really three key ways. The first is distribution. You know, most people can't get proper visibility for the great work they've done. Um, and our site sees, you know, hundreds of thousands of users. Docs get nearly a million impressions every month. And so on Almanac, you can really start to build visibility for the work that you've done. Um, and we rank docs on Almanac according to how many people copy them because we think actually using a document is a pretty good correlate for quality. So if your work is good, you can start to build a brand on Almanac around what you know and hopefully monetize that status through new opportunities for your business or employment or consulting offers. We've seen that happen um, multiple times a day on Almanac uh, with our contributors. 
And I think lastly, one thing I want to note is that on Almanac, by publishing your content, you're contributing to the open source movement around the future of work. And you can help people save time and be better at their jobs by building off what you know, what you've created. And I think that feels great for all of our contributors and is a key reason we've seen people publish their docs on Almanac. So Adam, as I got to know you personally, you've talked a lot about democratizing access to knowledge. What's behind the mission? What's really driving you in all of this? Yeah, so I think we're at the beginning of this massive inflection point where businesses start to go fully digital. And even though it feels like everything's already online, um, only 2% of professionals in America right now are working at natively digital businesses. So most businesses are still very much rooted in the brick and mortar physical world. And we don't think that'll be the case over the next 20 or 30 years. And Probably what we're seeing now with COVID and remote work policies means that this trend has accelerated. But we think we're at the beginning of this massive transition where every enterprise goes digital. And what we've seen from the people who are the pioneers of that transition, basically engineers and tech companies, is that the work itself actually changes and evolves. And there's a whole bunch of fields now that didn't even exist five or 10 years ago. Um, one of my favorite examples is product marketing, which is basically a combination of two other fields that exist at uh, 20th century type companies. Um, and the truth is you can go to Harvard or get a Rhodes Scholarship and still know nothing about how to be a great professional in the, in the digital world. Um, those uh, traditional institutions, our knowledge infrastructure doesn't give you what you need to become a great man engineering manager or a growth marketer. You, today, the only way you can learn those things is if you move to San Francisco or maybe New York or Seattle um, and learn through osmosis. Uh, because much of the innovation about how work gets done has been pioneered in a small cluster of cities where startups are that are natively digital. But we think as every business goes fully digital um, and moves to the cloud, everybody will need access to the best ways of doing new types of work. And uh, the thing about Almanac is none of the knowledge that's published on Almanac guarantees your success, but it will prevent your success if you don't have access to it. Uh, we think what is kind of public and core on Almanac are the table stakes skills for 21st century work. And you know, we measure our success by the number of people outside of the Bay Area or New York who are accessing knowledge in Almanac and using it to get an opportunity to, to be successful. Um, I think success is when a kid in Kenya or um, a parent in Kansas has as much a chance to be successful in building their own business or joining a digital business as a kid in Cupertino. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Almanac just announced $9 million in funding. What are going to be some of your first investment decisions you make with that funding, and what will it allow you to do? Well, first, we're really grateful for the confidence of all of our investors. And one of the unique things about how we raised this round is we had close to 100 expert operators and industry executives invest in Almanac in addition to several leading so institutional cool. investors. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. incredible. 100 of like your brightest minds on the internet invested, that's completely wild. Yeah, and I think the reason they did is because this wave that we see coming where everyone's moving into the cloud will sprout a new set of productivity platforms for all types of professionals, not just engineers. And I think we're seeing the first few of those 
types of companies emerge in, in uh, Notion and Figma and, and start to really gain traction. And we raised this funding to make sure that we're part of the consideration set for companies that are transitioning into the cloud and professionals who work for them. Some of the features I'm most excited to, to share with our users that we're building now are things around collaborating on versions. Like imagine if you're able to update your company's boilerplate marketing copy everywhere it's used in one click of a button. You have spent now three plus years or more just thinking about what we think our world can look like and how it's going to evolve around the future of work. Can you share with us some of your predictions or when you imagine five years, 10 years from now, our working environments? Just, I want to almost be able to visually see what's in your head. So tell us either some theses you have that you think are just stating the obvious or the visual that's in your head as you think about the future of how we will all work. Yeah, well, first I think uh, professionals will spend their days in single platforms that exist on the internet, off their browsers. Uh, we hope that's Almanac. Um, but we think these platforms, but especially Almanac, will free up people to do more of the meaningful and deep work that only they can do. Uh, I think um, platforms like Almanac will make uh, work more fun um, and more rewarding for people because they'll take out the overhead that comes today from having to manually manage the plumbing of different apps and, and files and folders. I think a second thing will, will be in our future is that um, platforms like Almanac will give um, people new ways to show what they know. I think uh, your Almanac profile will be a standard part of applying for a job, just like GitHub profiles are today for engineers. And third, uh, I think and I hope that more people will be able to access digital work opportunities, either as entrepreneurs or as part of teams that exist anywhere on the planet. And thanks to tools like Almanac, but also all of the other productivity and remote tools that are getting a lot of traction these days. Got it. Um, okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, so you graduated from Harvard Business School um, and then decided you want to go and be an entrepreneur. Just walk us through a little bit of what was that personal journey like in terms of you saying, this is something I've got to go do? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, uh, between my two summers at business school, worked at Apple as an intern and uh, my very first day at Apple was the first day of WWDC, Apple's annual iOS conference. And I had never worked in technology before. And, uh, and I, had, I had never even really owned an Apple product before. And uh, I remember going to the Moscone Center in San Francisco and being greeted by thousands of super excited developers who are waiting to get into the keynote hall. And, you know, I had a special pass. So I was in the hall when they opened the gates and people just rushed to sit in these seats. And they were so excited to hear what great features and products Apple was releasing next. And I'd never experienced anything like that excitement in my life. And I remember eating lunch that day outside and thinking I would be so lucky if I could build something that had that kind of impact on that many people. And I think that that kind of drive to help people um, make people's lives better in a small way every day is really what motivates me. Um, so now that you're in the CEO seat, uh, which um, I always joke, uh, if you ever knew what it takes to be a CEO, uh, you wouldn't do it because just each year it gets harder. Um, just give us a sense of, of how you're developing as a leader and anything that you've been relying on to help you keep getting better at doing it. Yeah, I think one thing I've realized is that people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, we have a pretty easy time recruiting at Almanac because I think our vision is so ambitious and exciting um, that people want to be a part of it. Um, and we take a lot of care throughout the week in our 
um, all hands meetings and one-on-ones to make sure that people understand how the work they're doing contributes to the greater whole. Um, and I think it's my job as a leader to express that vision and constantly reinforce it, remind people why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I think it's my job to elevate the work that people do uh, and make them make them understand um, how they're building the future. I think you know another thing I've learned how to do is trust my gut <laughs> a lot more. Um, there's, uh, you know, when you're in the middle of an organization as a manager, uh, I think there's incentives around creating stability, um, being risk averse, um, playing nice. And one of the things that I've had to learn how to become more comfortable with is as a leader, knowing when to rock the boat, knowing when to say no, knowing when to stop things um, in order to force the change that's necessary. It's almost a counterintuitive muscle set from the skills and strengths that make you successful as an individual contributor or a manager. Uh, and you know, it's been really rewarding to um, grow in this role. I, one of the ideas I like is that often for early stage companies, the company's growth is limited by the growth of um, its leader or leaders. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about how I can be better for, for my team and our users. Um, one, I, I feel like that's incredibly insightful and you're far better off um, than I was uh, when, when I was starting LearnBest at you know, 24, 25 and dropping out of HBS. Um, you know, it's so true. A company's only as good at, a company only scales as much as this, the leader can scale, uh, especially when you're a young founder. Um, I want you to describe a little bit more because so much of listening to your gut really is like, uh, you know, our guts really do have often the best and right insights. When you think about trusting your gut, just verbalize, what does that look like? What does that feel like? How do you know when your gut is saying something that you're just verbalize? How, how do you make those calls? What does it look like? Yeah, well, you know, it's, def it's a different uh, sensation than the feelings you get from thinking. <laughs> I think uh, somatic theory would say that often if you feel a lot of stress in your neck or in your shoulders, that almost comes from your brain being squeezed. And, uh, you know, I think trusting your gut in a literal sense is um, becoming more sensitive to the feelings that are coming from other parts of your body, from your stomach, from uh, your legs, from your torso. And uh, so I think for me, it's been trying to get out of my head a bit and just have a general sense of when my body says that something's not, something's not right or something's off. Um, one other thing that I've tried to become more attuned to is, uh, and it, you know, I've I, probably everyone's been in relationships that haven't worked before, whether it's a, romantic relationship, a friendship, or a work relationship. And often, um, nobody wants something to fail. Nobody wants something to not work. And so I think we, or I have in the past, um, deluded myself and focused on the things I could do to try and make it better, rather than seeing the reality that it wasn't working. And I think as a CEO um, in my role, um, letting things go on for too long can be too costly. And that's not to say, you know, we don't want to uh, we don't want to stop things too soon if they have a chance of succeeding. And so a lot of our focus as a management team is thinking about whether it's with someone who's not quite right a fit for our company in the moment or, you know, a feature or an initiative that we're doing that isn't working. We want to make sure we, we put it all on the field and give it the best chance for success. But uh, to not be so focused on the things that we can do to make it better that we ignore um, or are ignorant to the reality that isn't working. And I've tried to become um, more aware of those moments when 
the amount of work that it would take to make something better <laughs> times the probability of us actually succeeding means that it's just really not worth the effort anymore. I feel like there, um, by the way, this is, I, I truly believe for especially the hundreds of thousands of uh, startup entrepreneurs and founders that are listening uh, to this, um, what I find is your gut is, you know when you're working too hard to make something work. Um, you yeah. know you're pushing something uphill. Often for me, the the my verbalization of it is I'm uncomfortable. I'm I feel like I want to avoid a meeting. I want to avoid something because it's it's toxic or stressful or the sensations for me are oh my gosh like oh I don't want to go into that room with those that person or these people and solve this problem. And for me, what I learned was to develop a muscle that that's the first room I need to go into and go solve the problem. Um, and you often find that uh, once you make the hard call, it's actually life so much better and you move forward quickly. And so um, that definitely for me was the thing I had to get better at was really learning how to trust those instincts. And then just the number of minutes after you know that instinct is there to solving the problem should get shorter and shorter and it should get to the point where you're operating within hours as opposed to days or weeks. Um, so thank I you. Think, yeah. Yeah. Just one thing to to add is these are uncomfortable topics to talk about. You know, as I as I'm even answering your questions here, we're talking about this. I'm I'm uncomfortable, but I think saying no and learning how to say no as a founder is a much more valuable skill than learning how to say yes. There's a million things that we could do as a company, uh, but we only have resources to pick just a few, and that's true in what we build, who we target, who we hire, and we're not always going to get it right. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty and imperfect information. And so I think learning the skill around how to detect what's not working and learning how to um, iterate and pivot is way more important than uh, skills around trying to find an initial right answer or hypothesis, because it's the iteration, it's the pivoting that eventually gets you to success. Yeah, I think that's right. And also, I mean, I, I know firsthand your ambition of how big your vision is and what you want to accomplish. And if you want to build something ordinary, uh, then that, that's one way to operate. If you want to build something extraordinary, um, you know, time is actually your most limited resource. So um, I appreciate how, how you're thinking. Uh, it's just impressive because it takes... It often takes some blisters um, and some bruises to get there, um, and I, I think that it, it's been it's been wonderful. On a transition to when you think about what you're most proud of at Almanac, and I know you have an incredible team. Um, I've interfaced with a bunch of them, uh, but what is the thing that you're most proud of in your journey to date with Almanac? It's a great question. I think building a tool that can help people do work better and faster, and do the kind of work that only they can do, is a real privilege. Uh, and we see that on the platform every day by the thousands of people that find and use documents that other people have offered for free. Um, you know, the core of Almanac, all the public collaboration that happens on our open source core is free and it will always be free. And that's because we believe that knowledge should be a public good. And the types of knowledge people publish on Almanac, uh, as I mentioned, are things that everybody should have access to in order to have an equal opportunity at success. And to see a platform like ours, which started less than a year ago, have thousands of documents from thousands of contributors that took them you know, time and therefore uh, money to, to create and learn um, is really rewarding because it means that what we're building um, and the mission behind it speak to way more people than us. Uh, and we see users um, in every country of the world, uh, in many cities outside of, Amer outside of San Francisco, and um, to see the knowledge transfer happen from 
um, these, these hubs where the future of work, I think, is getting started, like San Francisco or New York or Boston, to places where the future of work will eventually be um, and needs to be right now is, is awesome. And I think uh, that kind of impact is, as I said, a privilege. Um, so one of the things that I think is so clear, even just listening to you, is you are so thoughtful. Um, nothing is accidental. Everything is purposeful. Um, when you are hiring somebody, and I know that you've thought about hiring the Almanac team brick by brick and getting exceptional people, what is your favorite hiring question? What's the hiring question that you feel like sees past somebody, gets into their core, um, that is like the thing you do when you finally get to meet somebody? Yeah, there are three that I ask every candidate I interview and I talk to everyone hired Almanac. Uh, the first is, what is your superpower? I think it gets someone to talk about their strengths in a way that helps them prioritize and get out of the mindset of what role they're applying for and allows them to speak about who they truly are. I also ask people what their professional pet peeves are. I think if something really irritates you or annoys you, um, the flip side of that uh, is that it's that's an area that you really care about um, and probably a strength or skill that you really have that you want to shine. And getting people to talk about it in almost a negative lens makes it easier sometimes. And the third is, uh, why shouldn't we hire you? Um, really, I don't care what the answer to that question is, so long as people are self-aware enough to have a thoughtful response. I want to quickly also transition to being a CEO is, uh, you know, I always liken it to athletics. I was a, a, I was a diver um, in college and uh, I've always leaned on athletics uh, to, to make me better. Um, I want to ask you, what, what, what are the tricks that you're beginning to develop that keep Adam on the rails? Is it sleep, meditation, exercise, a routine on a weekend? What makes you work? For me, it's probably exercise, as you can probably tell from the way we built Almanac, like to um, accomplish things as fast as I possibly can. And so I like to get on, on my bike or go running at least once a day. Um, you know, I think it literally brought into my worldview <laughs> beyond these days, the living room that I work out of or even our office in San Francisco um, exposes me to new perspectives and just gives me time to do thinking on a different level without distraction. Um, and I, you know, Sometimes it's hard to pull myself away from the computer, but I'm always grateful uh, for the hours that I get when I'm outside. Um, I love that. And it's funny, but a handful of different CEOs that I've had on this podcast, I remember Howie Lou from Airtable said to me, he literally likes to go up and climb because you can see more. And there's something that that does to just phys like visually changing your perspective as opposed to like staring at, you know, a 12 inch uh, computer screen um, that just helps you kind of click. Um, so I want to end with our quick fire round. Um, to date, what was the coolest pinch me moment of Almanac when you actually said, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. What was it? Yeah, I think seeing people I follow on Twitter publish docs on their own organically on Almanac. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, when you actually see people in the wild using your own product. Um, I love that. Um, what gets you out of bed in the morning when you are like fired up, whether it can be Sunday night and you're looking at the week and you just have this excitement for the work that you're about to do. What kind of meeting is it? What, what's happening? Describe that to us. I love having the opportunity to build products that make people's lives easier through technology that they haven't had access to before. I can't wait to give it to the rest of the world and see how people use it. And so whether it's in the morning or at 9 p.m., I'm always pretty excited for what's in the pipeline with our design and engineering teams. So I want you to pay it forward now. I want you to think about one other startup 
that is younger than Almanac, super early that you heard about or that you think is awesome that we all need to know about? Yeah, well, I'll be paying it for pretty close to home here, but my brother is also an entrepreneur and runs a home goods startup called Caraway out of New York. It is earlier than Almanac, but it's been doing super well. And if you need great pots and pans for all the cooking you're doing uh, during COVID-19, you should go check out their website. But I'm really proud of my brother and what he's built there. Oh, that's, that's so adorable. And also, your parents must be so proud of you guys. Holy <laughs> smokes. On a different day, we're going to interview your mom and dad and ask them what they did and what was in the water. Last question. If there is just an app that you're obsessed of that's on your phone, it can be anything. It can be a massive company, a small company, but just like a piece of technology that you just swear by. What is it? Workflowy. Uh, there's a lot of chatter these days on Twitter about the next great note-taking app, but uh, Workflowy has literally run my life since uh, I graduated from undergrad, and I don't know what I'd do without it. I love it. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Almanac, everybody out there, you're a knowledge worker. Go build your profile. Begin to build who you are. Head to almanac.io and join us next week for Inc. the Founders Project with Alexa Von Topol. Thank you so much, Adam. This was such a joy. Thank you, Alexa.